0: Good morning. I'm going to ask you to help me read our scripture here in just a moment uh, this morning. Um, It is from Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. It's on your screen. It's also on the white insert in your worship folder, and of course it's in the Bible that's in front of you. If, by the way, you don't have a Bible at home and you could use one, uh, we hope that you'll take the one that's in front of you as a gift this morning. So let's read this together. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Thank you. Now, if you were to rank those traits listed there in order of most preferable to least you probably would rank the one that we're going to talk about today at the bottom of your list, and that's gentleness. In fact, if you um, if you happen to have a King James version of a Bible, um, which is one of the oldest English uh, translations, it translates the original Greek word that we uh, see translated here as gentleness. It translates it as meekness, and it so, if that were the case, I'm sure I have no doubt that you would rank it at the bottom of your list. Uh, I know I would uh, the King James actually creates some confusion because it also translates the fifth word that you see here, the fifth trait, kindness uh it translates that as gentleness. so it's uh, uh in that version the uh it uses Meek, or Excuse me, gentleness, and for the fifth one, and meekness for the eighth one. Whereas the more recent English translations, almost all of them, translate it like you see here, uh, using the word gentleness for that eighth one. So don't get confused about that. But it does kind of make you wonder why the difference, and it's really just because the English meanings of words change over time. Uh, the uh, you know the word meekness. Me- meant something different at the time the King James translation uh, was first made, uh, and we see that in lots of words. You know, the word "cool," for example, used to mean just uh, an assessment of what the temperature was, right? And now it's got all kinds of meanings. Like, "That's cool," or "Are we cool?" Or "Cool," you know. And you could, The list goes on. <laughs> The uh the important thing for us to know is that the the original Greek words that the Bible was written in those don't change. Those those words are what they are their meaning is what it was at the time and it always will be. The only thing that changes is how we translate those into our English uh words today. Uh we're going to use the common English Uh, translations that you see here, we're going to use the word kindness for um, that fifth one. And we talked about kindness in the sixth part in this series. And today we're going to use the word gentleness for the eighth trait. Uh, So this is actually part nine of uh, our parallel series called The Fruit of the Spirit. All of the messages in that series, by the way, are available on philida.org, our website, Uh, You just go there. Uh, You don't have to log in. Anybody can do it. You just click on Sunday Messages. And then once you've done that, you uh, click here to listen now to messages from a current or past series. And um, then it will show you a list of messages, usually sorted in order of date from most recent to least recent If you want to see all the messages in a series, just click on the word series up there, and it'll sort them in that order, and then you can go to the series you're interested in. So you got that? Okay. So let's go back to the question about ranking these traits. Uh, Who doesn't want to produce more uh, joy, love, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control? Those are kind of no-brainers, right? Uh, But gentleness, gentleness is okay, it's all right, it's not something I aspire to produce, Um, it's certainly not at the top of my list, wouldn't it be better if this fruit were boldness (laughs) or assertiveness, Uh, that, that feels more like today, right, uh, we see this kind of confusion everywhere in our culture. Sports is a great uh, example of that. I recently read a book called *Quiet Strength* uh, by Tony Dungy, former um, NFL football coach. Now, uh, a uh, he's very highly successful, by the way. He he actually got his first head coaching job when the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were awful, and he turned them into a playoff contender. Uh, and then after that, he went to the Indianapolis Colts when they were awful and turned them into a Super Bowl champion. Uh, so highly successful guy. Uh, left coaching. Uh, now is you see him, if you watch football on NBC, you see him up there every time. He's an analyst for NBC. He is an author. He is a speaker, a philanthropist, a family man. Um, he is a Christian, and he has a very strong faith that he lived when he coached, and he lives today. He is referred often as a gentle giant. And uh, one writer, Dwight Allen, wrote, "...it is Dungy's grace of the soul and his calmness and submission toward God that exemplify all of his actions." I can't help but contrast Tony Dungy with another prominent football coach by the name of Jim Harbaugh, who is coach of the NFL's San Francisco 49ers. Now, full disclosure, I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan, <laughs> so I'm not a fan of the San Francisco 49ers, but i got nothing against Jim Harbaugh. I'm just going to make some observations uh, today. He is uh, regarded by many as the best football coach in the game. Uh, He's been highly successful, won a lot of games. In his first three seasons, he has been with the 49ers. He has been one step away from um, the Super Bowl twice, and he's been in the Super Bowl once. Uh, So very impressive. Uh, He didn't win the Super Bowl, by the way, Uh, but he got there. And three three years, uh, very successful. Gentleness is not a trait. Of Jim Harbaugh. He is an in-your-face, aggressive kind of coach. And uh, yet our culture has elevated him to the top of his profession and made him very rich and very famous. Two very different styles. Tony Dungy, Super Bowl winner, Family man, loved and respected by many, or abrasive Jim Harbaugh, also highly successful. Which one is stronger? Which has greater strength? Well, it's interesting that in the news this offseason, Harbaugh, there's been a lot of speculation around Harbaugh, uh, that he has rubbed so many players and executives the wrong way with his lack of gentleness, that in spite of being at the top of the profession, they are interested in getting rid of him. And uh, that's speculation, but the 49ers did admit that they actually considered trading him away, which almost never happens with a coach, but trading him away to the Cleveland Browns. (laughs) We have a tendency to confuse gentleness with weakness. And I want to be very clear that gentleness in the Bible does not mean weakness. And here's where I'd rather use the King James Version, because uh, it makes for a much catchier slogan to be able to say, meekness does not mean weakness. Okay, Meekness does not mean weakness. In other words, gentleness does not mean weakness. As I mentioned, the original, um, Gre- the, the original Greek that the Bible was written in is important. Um, and this is a great example of an original Greek word that is practically untranslatable into a single English word. Uh, the original Greek word is praotes. Praotes. And I like that word better just by the sound of it, right? It just sounds Tougher. <laughs> sounds stronger. Um, well, I want us to start thinking differently about the word gentleness. I want us to think of it in biblical meaning. Our culture's definition of gentleness is uh, it's too limiting, and sometimes it, it, it may even be negative. So I'm going to propose today a new equation, and that is gentleness, or praotes. Equals strength. That's what I want to show you today. I want to show you the strength of biblical gentleness. Of priorities. And I want you to want to have it. Move it up the list. Now why do I want that? Why is it important that we want to produce more gentleness? After all, these are fruits of the Spirit, so isn't the Spirit just going to do His own thing anyway? It doesn't matter what I want. Uh, well, yes and no. Uh, it is true that uh, none of these fruits are produced naturally. All of them are produced supernaturally. That's why it's called, it's not called the fruits of the human, it's called fruits of the Spirit, Uh, You have to be a saved person indwelt by the Holy Spirit to be able to produce these fruits in any meaningful way. In fact, uh, well, the Spirit, though, chooses to work through an open, faithful heart, a willing heart. And in fact, uh, in Ephesians, we are told that um, we grieve the Holy Spirit when our heart is full of rage and anger and other stuff. We grieve the Holy Spirit. Uh, on the other hand, the Holy Spirit loves to work through us when we just open our hearts to and, and, and let ourselves keep on being filled by the Holy Spirit. Loves to work through us in that circumstance. So we have a lot to say about to what extent the Holy Spirit fills us, and therefore to what extent the Holy Spirit is able to produce fruit through us. That's why I want each of us to want to produce more gentleness. So we will let the Holy Spirit fill us further and let the Holy Spirit work in us. So to, underst- to, uh, to want to produce more gentleness, we need to understand that gentleness equals strength because if we understand that then it's easy right because we're already conditioned to want to be stronger we're already conditioned to want strength so allow me to describe two ways in which there is strength in gentleness first gentleness is strength under control strength under control Biblical gentleness is not a lack of or giving up of strength. The strength is still there. It's a lot more like uh, an ocean that calmly laps at the shore. But that ocean still has the power to just overwhelm. Or It's a lot more like the uh, wind chimes that it, on your deck that a gentle breeze may blow through and jingle, but the wind still has the power to knock trees down. It's a lot more like a a beautiful, strong horse that allows itself to be bridled and ridden. But the strength of that horse is still there in its submission. If there is not strength behind the gentleness, it is not praotes. It is not biblical gentleness. There must be strength behind it. Biblical gentleness has to do with having strength, but using it by placing it under God's guidance. Behavior that seems gentle but has no strength behind it is a lot better described as weakness or timidity or maybe indifference. That's not a fruit of the Spirit. For the Spirit God gave us, does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Biblical gentleness is power, love, and self-discipline all wrapped up with submission to God, all in one. So we need no better example of biblical gentleness than Jesus himself. Jesus was... uh, during his ministry, he was swarmed by followers everywhere he went. Everybody wanted a piece of Jesus. You know, Beatlemania, a lot of you know, younger folks don't even know what that is, I know, but um, I was at the grocery store yesterday, and I saw a Time magazine that says it's the 50th anniversary of Beatlemania, for anyone interested. But Beatlemania or Biebermania or Twittermania, uh, these, none of these things com- even compare to the throngs of people that, that uh, follow Jesus. Uh, you know who the most followed person is on Twitter? Singer Katy Perry, uh, with about 51 million followers. Justin Bieber's kind of right behind her. But you know how many followers Jesus has? Over 2.1 billion. That's more than 20 times those two, Bieber and Katy Perry, combined. More than 20 times that. During his ministry, Jesus' followers, they were just desperate to be near him, to be taught by him, to be healed by him. They wanted to be with him and follow him. God the Father himself uh, vocalized his pleasure with Jesus, but he honored and glorified Jesus twice vocally during Jesus' ministry, once uh, at Jesus' baptism, once uh, at the transfiguration, when God said, this is my son whom I love, with him I am well pleased. Jesus had the strength to stand toe-to-toe with some of the most powerful people in society, even though... and. They were so jealous and suspicious of him that they all wanted to kill him. And Jesus knew it. But he had the strength to stand toe-to-toe anyway. He had the power to have more than 12,000 angels instantly come to his aid. Yet he told us, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Notice he didn't take tell us, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am popular and powerful and can impose my will on people. So you will find rest for your souls. Instead he said, I am gentle, and humble in heart. Jesus carried out his ministry just as God described in through his prophet Isaiah, and uh, just as which was quoted by. Matthew and Matthew's account of Jesus' ministry. God said through Isaiah, Here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him, and he will bring justice to the nations. He will not shout or cry out or raise his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. In faithfulness, he will bring forth justice. He will not falter or be discouraged till he establishes justice on earth. In his teaching, the islands will put their hope. Would you say that Jesus is weak? I don't know how you could with a resume like that and the way he carried out his ministry. I don't know how you could. He had all authority in heaven and on earth. His strength was in praotes. His strength was in his gentleness. His power, love, and self-discipline wrapped up and put under the guidance of God. The second way that there is strength in gentleness is that gentleness... Grows the kingdom of God. If, you know, if gentleness ranks lowest on your list of the fruits of the spirits, you have to ask yourself, well, why is it even on the list? Right? In business, if you have a number of assets, you are constantly ranking those assets in terms of their productivity, and you're looking at the bottom 10% and you're doing something about them. You're changing them or you're getting rid of them. Right? Uh, So why should the Spirit waste his effort on a fruit that is maybe less productive or less desirable? Uh, Well, he wouldn't. (laughs) He wouldn't. So we are just wrong if we are thinking that way about the fruit of gentleness and about the fruits of the Spirit. Uh, Each of them is equally important and productive And uh, gentleness has great strength in growing the kingdom of God. We are to grow the kingdom of God. We are to make disciples, and we are to grow in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. That's That's what it's all about. These are kingdom of God things, and that's what it's all about. Let me, let me just give a few examples of the role that gentleness plays in growing the kingdom of God. Uh, one example is that we're stronger examples of the difference that being a child of God makes when we do so with gentleness. We're stronger examples. Look at Titus. Remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good, to slander no one, to be peaceable and considerate, and always to be gentle toward everyone. Colossians, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. We're we're to live as the new creations that we are as children of God. I like the perspective that, that Pastor John Bishop of Living Hope Church in Vancouver has. He, he, uh, he says he stays away from referring to himself as Christian anymore because so many people refer to themselves as Christian but they don't live like it. And he prefers the term Jesus follower because that, that describes more how he is trying to live as Jesus taught us to live. Don't you find it? Don't you find you're more effective when you walk the talk? Sure we do a second example is that we are stronger learners when we do so with gentleness look at James therefore get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly that is with gentleness accept the word planted in you which can save you you ever you ever been had to go to a required class. Um, or or have to learn material that you thought you already knew or you thought just wasn't very important. Well, if you had to do that, you probably went and didn't learn much. Right? Uh, without gentleness, we're just not very teachable. And if we we're to grow in righteousness, there's a lot that we need to be taught. We have to do so with gentleness. Another example is that we are... Stronger evangelists when we do so with gentleness. Look at Second Timothy. Opponents must be gently instructed in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to a knowledge of truth. And First Peter, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have but do so with gentleness and respect. When we're combative or defensive or condescending, we're not going to be very effective at getting others to listen to us uh, and let alone encouraging them to, um, to humbly accept God's word. One last example. There are many, but one, just one more. We are stronger restorers when we do so with gentleness. Stronger restorers. Look at Galatians 6.1. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. A brother or sister who sins needs help. And it's, it's interesting, uh, back to the uh, Dungy and uh, Harbaugh example, that during this season, this last football season, where you know 49ers are trying to get to a Super Bowl again, uh, one of their key players was arrested for possession of marijuana and driving under the influence of it. Yet two days later, Coach Harbaugh decided to go ahead and play him uh, in spite of that, as if it hadn't happened. Tony Dungy publicly questioned that decision. He he said that um, the player needed help, not playing time. And he did so on television with millions of listeners. When we're dismissive or judgmental with a brother or sister who are caught in a sin, we are far less likely to actually help them. Help them to see the sin and to humbly repent of it. So, we covered several examples, but you you see the things that these examples have in common. They are they are all things that matter and things that last. That's that's strength, isn't it? Doing stuff that matters and lasts. Our culture elevates celebrities and winning coaches and successful business people, but is that real strength? It, it doesn't require anything supernatural to, uh, to overpower people, to get your way, to, uh, to make things happen, uh, even to influence others. That doesn't require anything supernatural. What does require supernatural strength is to have the gentleness to do things that last and matter. And to do your part in growing God's kingdom. That's strength. So, <clears throat> I hope by now you're thinking, well, maybe this gentleness thing isn't so bad. <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe I want to produce more gentleness. Now, and if you're not thinking that, I'm not going to beat you over the head with it because I'm exhibiting gentleness. (laughs) (laughs) I uh, I just encourage you to look at Scripture and to look at Jesus. And you'll see gentleness throughout his ministry. And I challenge you to come away thinking anything other than strength when you look at him. And I also encourage you to look at people that you consider to be great leaders and evaluate to what extent they have done things that last and matter. Evaluate to what extent have they grown the kingdom of God. And I think you'll find that those who have done it successfully have done it with gentleness. But now the question comes, how do I produce more gentleness? Um, Well, we first need to remember that that gentleness, like all the other fruits of the Spirit, are supernaturally produced. It's the Spirit working through us that produces them. Our role is to keep on letting ourselves be filled with the Spirit. And uh, there's much that we can consider when we when we're talking about being filled with the Spirit. Today, let me just suggest to you to pray about that. And every day, pray for God to search your heart and find all that yucky stuff in there and get rid of it. And instead, fill you with His Holy Spirit. We we have to pray about that every day. But I I do want to today, I want to suggest three questions to ask yourself when you are responding to a situation. And that's, you know, most often that's where gentleness or not comes into play, when we are responding to some demand or something somebody said or somebody did. That's, That's usually the situation, right? We're responding to something. So before you respond... Let me encourage you to ask yourself three questions. The first one being, am I under control? Gentleman doesn't always mean passiveness. Sometimes it means things like turning over the tables in the temple, like Jesus did. But am I acting out of uncontrolled anger or extreme frustration or unbridled passion? Parents parents you know this rule never discipline your kids in anger step away calm down pray about it all of us all of us have the strength to hurt people physically and emotionally or the strength to help people with power and love And if you doubt that at all, just think about your own life. And I'll bet that there is sometime in your life someone has said something or done something that still hurts today or still puts a smile on your face today. We each have the strength to do that. Gentleness adds self-discipline control to the equation. It's not, it's not biblical gentleness without it. Second, I think we need to ask ourselves, who, whose honor is being defended? Are you being overly defensive? Are you really trying to make yourself look better in this situation? We can, believe me, we can rationalize a lot <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm just trying to do the right thing Or no, I'm, I'm just trying to set the record straight but the truth is that when we are being less than gentle, there's a very good chance that we are really trying to defend our own honor rather than God's and it's God's honor that matters right Humility is a part of the Christian life. just it. It's not biblical gentleness without humility. Third third question to ask before we respond is, is this the best way to grow the kingdom of God? All, All around us is the idea that only the strong survive. And strong means sometimes stepping on toes, being demanding, being aggressive, even sometimes maybe taking up arms. The Florida stand-your-ground law, they got so much press recently from the George Zimmerman trial and then the Michael Dunn trial. is is just one example of that in our culture. Uh, Both of these men used guns to kill people who were unarmed both claiming self-defense under the law in Florida that says, a person is justified in the use of deadly force and does not have a duty to retreat if he or she reasonably believes that such force is necessary to prevent imminent death or great bodily harm to himself or, or, or herself. Throughout our culture is this kind of idea. But throughout the Bible is the idea of turn the other cheek, of love your enemies. Of submission, and we are told repeatedly to be gentle. Now, I know that's tough. I know it is. So, uh, and I know the question is, where do we draw the line? Uh, are, are we just to be doormats? Well, my first response to that is to see questions one and two. And my second response is to remember what it's all about. It's, it's not about getting what you want. It's about God's kingdom. And I have to wonder how Zimmerman's or Dunn's actions help to grow God's kingdom. Now, sometimes we may need to come on strong and maybe, maybe even get in someone's face. And uh, there may be even evil in the world that we experience that, uh, in which the best way to grow God's kingdom is to allow God to use us to eliminate that evil. Hitler in Nazi Germany. Osama bin Laden. There are examples in the Old Testament of that. People being used by God to eliminate evil. To grow God's kingdom. But you know, it's interesting that never once in the New Testament do you see Jesus or his followers using violence to grow God's kingdom. Not a single time. Not when Stephen was stoned to death. Not when John the Baptist or and James were beheaded. Not when Paul was thrown into prison. Not when Jesus was arrested and beaten, and put to death in a brutal, agonizing, slow process. God allowed those tragedies, as hard as it is to understand, God allowed those tragedies to occur because there was a greater impact on growing God's kingdom by their martyrdom than by violence. There was strength in their gentleness. <clears throat> well, there is great strength in our gentleness, too. And, uh, and we can have more of that strength if we allow the Holy Spirit to work in us. So I encourage us all to do that. Let's, let's pray about that. Dear Heavenly Father, we, uh, we're grateful, Lord, for the grace that you show us. We are grateful for your Holy Spirit, whom you offer to us. Lord, I pray for us as we, um, as we all, you know, as we ponder this idea that uh, you've shared with us today about gentleness and the strength that is in it, Lord, I hope that you will help us all as we um, consider your word this morning and try to apply it in our lives. I pray that you will guide us through that, Lord. That you will that you will supply us with the strength to uh, to submit our power and love, and to be self-disciplined about it, to put that all under your control, Lord, and for you to just demonstrate to the world the gentleness that your Holy Spirit produces in each of us. I pray that in the name of your Holy Son, Jesus. Amen.